Hello? Hello, and welcome to The Rest of Us. Good day to you all. This is The Rest of Us. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Aaron Brinker. And we are here to talk about stuff that society is dealing with and kind of come at it from the perspective of the rest of us. Not the, not the right, not the left, not the crazies, just the normal folks' perspective to pr- try to bring a little sanity to some social conversation. Um, it's an antidote to feeling like you're being manipulated by everyone you listen to. And I, <laughs> I, I'm so tired of that. And, and I understand that it's happening, but it seems so pervasive and it's in yeah. so many parts of our lives. We just, we've decided to fight back. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's really the, the best way to, to word is, is fighting the manipulation because that's the, the sense is that everybody has, see, everything you seem to listen to on television these days, um, at least in, in terms of what, what passes for news is is so stilted and slanted one way or the other, and it's like you really, really have to work to to find a a, a central theme in something that is actually just the information. You know, nobody's just doing the information. I almost wish that they'd go back to. Uh, in fact, I think that I would absolutely applaud any news agency or or, or a TV station that went back to like a fifteen minute. News read. That's it. No time for commentary. Just here's yes. what's happening. And then because, just leave it at that. You know? Right. Like newscaster, I don't care what you think about it. I really don't. I want you to yeah. tell me what happened. Yeah. You know, fire's burning from here to here. Yes. Although it's okay to say that. Um, <laughs> it's not out of control. <laughs> or it is yeah, out yeah, of control. No, it, is, it is okay to say flaming dirtbag sets fire. <laughs> you know, it's okay to say that because then we want to, you know, capture that flaming dirt bag. I, I honestly, you know, you, uh, Angelus Oaks. Well, the, the, between Angelus Oaks and Big Bear, at the time of this recording, um, mm-hmm. is on fire, and it's it's there's some rain coming. Apparently, it's raining in Redlands, California, right now. And mm-hmm. but we have friends who live there. My best friend lives at Angelus Oaks, so she's sitting, you know, was sitting in her house with her family and her pets, wondering if they're going to be evacuated, and yeah. we don't. How the, nobody's talked about how the fire started, so I don't know how it started, but it's scary. And when you yeah. have a season where arsonists come out and and do their thing, that's that's terrifying. That's it really is, really it's is. Terrifying. And we they need the harshest punishments. It's not okay to do that. Yes, people behaving badly. Yes. So um, we could talk about people behaving badly all the time because it's that's something that's you know one for the ages, right? But uh, <laughs> but what we kind of said we wanted to talk about today was uh, technology and how it's impacted our society or continues to impact our society, the good and the bad. You know, um, I mean, to open it up, I just want to say personally, you know, I'm a, I'm sort of a technologist. I work in the technology industry or have for years. Um, I'm semi-retired now. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily, excuse me, um, particularly positive about it. There are a lot of aspects of technology that I have, um, uh, kind of railed against, uh, social media being one of them. But, uh, my general sense is that for the most part, it's, it's really not the technology itself that is usually evil. I mean, unless we're talking about, um, you know, a, a grand new weapon, but even those have a social need in a world where there are people who aren't, uh, you know, friendly towards us. We need to have some weapons to be able to defend ourselves and to deter those of evil intent from doing things. And so, so you know, I, I don't really rail against the technology personally myself, but the social aspect of it, how we do it and how we perceive it as a people is is always fascinating to me. It seems to me that very often we... Uh, have a very negative sense about a lot of different technologies and the effect on society while we're in it. But then historically, we look back at it and go, well, you know, it well, rattled us, but we're okay. People are, are really, they push back against any change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there have been over, the, let's think about people who are in their 80s right now and all the changes that they've seen in their lives, how yeah. they fundamentally, how, that's changed how they live their lives. Um, and you know, that's uncomfortable for people, even if you are, uh, you know, on the bleeding edge of technology, you know, I think of your father who is 
you know, was was a rocket scientist uh, during his career, both with the Air Force and with uh, TRW, mm-hmm. and um, you know saw was on the cutting edge and saw the implementation of of. Still interested in technology today. We actually did our our Generation Tech podcast, pitch, 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 uh, (laughs) yesterday talking about Apple's announcements of their new products. And and so Mm -hmm. I think for the average person, especially somebody who doesn't – maybe isn't quite as natural in in their – and how they deal with technology, I think it's scary for them. And so they start resisting. um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know – and it's this feeling of – and I'm not – being an apologist for Luddites, I love technology, but um, it is it is this feeling of the world is changing so fast and my life is changing so fast, I have no control. And I think that's mm-hmm. where people, where fear really sets in. And as far mm-hmm. as things out of their control, this period of the COVID and the, and, you know, COVID and, and the lockdowns that came afterwards and so many other parts of our society where things that are used to be under our own purview as individuals, whether to go to work, whether to have a job, whether to, you know, all of that was taken away in an instant. Mm-hmm. And that left people very uncomfortable. Yeah. For a multitude of reasons. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's well, and it also forced people to rely on technologies and learn to use technologies that have been peripheral to them that technologists and specific people who had a need had learned how to do. But almost everybody suddenly knew how to, you know, set up a Zoom call and and interact, you know, at, at a distance because we had to. And so it was forced upon a lot of people and that made a lot of people really uncomfortable. Um you know, and I think it also surprised a lot of people as they started doing it, going, "Oh, this isn't so bad." And in fact, there's been a lot of pushback to going back to to offices for some companies because they're saying, you know, a lot of employees were saying, "Well, my job doesn't really require that I be sitting in your space. Why can't I sit in my space?" Right. Um, and so there's actually, you know, sort of a social negotiation going on between companies and individuals now, saying or employees, uh, you know, as to, well. Can we split the time? I mean, I understand you want me there, but, you know, you so far haven't given me a really good reason why I have to sit in that chair, you know, and so why don't we negotiate this a little bit? And uh, so it's it's been a pretty major social upheaval that's, you know, is ongoing. We're in the middle of it. So, Indeed. And, well, and and there's also the, uh, you know, beyond the workspace uh, there are pretty substantial, like major, massive uh, technological changes that are being rushed at this point. And what I'm talking about is the movement towards electric vehicles, the movement towards zero emissions, and the what's happening in the Netherlands. I don't know if you have um, paid attention to it. You have to look for it. It's not really being covered in our news. Uh, the farmers in the Netherlands are striking because they have been told that they uh, have ridiculously low levels of uh, fertilizer that they're allowed to use and, and some other implements that there are, you know, tools to, at their disposal. Now the Netherlands is a, a is a farming yeah. juggernaut and they feed, they, they are an obvious mm-hmm. a net exporter of food, but they feed a good chunk of the EU. Um, and you know, with Ukraine as well being, well, they're, they're yeah, having a war. Ukraine's being shot at while they're trying to harvest. Yes, it's kind it, of makes it a little, little more difficult, but yeah, yeah. So, so you're saying that large food sources are being restricted and, and with the Netherlands, it's, it's a, a political slash social thing where they're saying we don't want to use, um, uh, fertilizers that wash into our water systems and no, stuff. And so they're, they're trying to restrict that. No, the, their government has said that it, the, uh, fertilizer emits too much, too many, um, carbon molecules. That's oh, okay. like too much, too much carbon. The use of the, these implements, among other things, the use of these tools. Um, uh, and, and I don't, I know the fertilizer sticking out of my mind. I know there's more to it. There's, if you Google it, there's plenty of information. Forgive me. Maybe we'll have a whole show on that topic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they're basically telling these farmers, you have to farm in a completely different way. Now, the thing about it is, um, that when you're when you're when you're used to doing something very efficiently, and they are. I mean, they're like the, the best farmers, probably in the world, because they have been able to turn this little. Ooh, that sounds darn close to being anti-American. They're American. 
it is not. It is recognizing the yeah. the the way that the, that the farmers in the Netherlands work. Um, the Netherlands is lower than sea level, um, and they have been able to. It's just amazing what people have done there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're telling these these people, "I'm sorry, you can't farm the way you've always farmed. You have to have this this new way because we've arbitrarily picked a, a number um, about you know carbon emissions and decided that that was the thing that we're supposed to do. And before you say uh, yes, but global warming, that this is this, the Netherlands farming would make such an infinitesimal difference in the amount of, of carbon globally that it, this it's, it is ridiculous to hamstring the people who are feeding Europe and not allow them to do their job. It's not like mm-hmm. it's frivolous. It's not, we're talking about food. Um, and so, you know, their their energy policies throughout the EU um, are are hamstringing these farmers. They're also hamstringing, you know, everybody else. And so, and and here in the state of California, we're seeing the same thing, where our grid is is pushed to the nth degree. Um, at the same time, our government is outlawing. Uh, gasoline-powered cars. And I don't see... Yes, they made a decision not to completely decommission El Diablo, the nuclear power plant, but there, there, there's no plans to build new ones. And so it feels like... If, frankly, it, they, it feels like, you know, we're, we're, the government has uh, arbitrarily decided they're going to do what they're going to do, and we all have to follow suit, just like the Great Leap Forward in China, in Maoist China. And millions of people died. They starved to death because the government, central planners don't know what they're doing, yeah. and it's impossible for them to know everything. So you let farmers decide how to farm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's. I understand that they want to try to set a balance. You know, it's it's when we're seeing that we're, you know, I mean, here we are sitting in the middle of a heat wave in Southern California. And it's like, well, it's a desert. There's supposed to be heat waves there, but um, but you know, it, we we're seeing some significant you know weather changes globally, and so I understand that the the desire to want to do things, but. But right now, if you if you say, well, where is the mass of people that that need the most food and 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 have or seem to have the least restrictions on pollution and stuff? If you take China and India and combine them, that's like you know, a fifth of the world's population lives in those two countries. Yes. Um, you know, and what are they doing? They're probably not doing a whole lot because they're trying to s- keep people from starving. Yes. You know. <laughs> well, so. and 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 even in, in India's, um, I think it was his energy minister. Um, and please forgive me, I've forgotten his name. Um, when questioned, they've decided to buy uh, fuel, buy oil from Russia. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the, the it was inter- being, he was being interviewed by some self-important uh, journalist from from Europe, uh, asking, you know, well, don't you have any moral quandary because Russia attacked another country? And he said, I have pe- I have a country to power. Yeah. My my moral uh, quandary is, make, is is would be if I didn't give them what they need to survive. Um, you know, and this, we need yeah. the fuel. We're going to buy for the fuel. That's where I owe my yeah. allegiance. We, we don't like, want to yeah. return our country to the Stone Age because we don't have any energy. And right. right now, the cheapest energy is the Russian energy because they're struggling to find people who will buy it. So, yeah, you well, know, and, I mean, and, it, it's yeah. it's I understand. Yeah, it's it's. When you talk about the, you know, relationship between nations and stuff, that that's a difficult thing. But to kind of bring it back to the technology stuff, you know, it's uh, something that people have been railing against for a while. And we've got, you know, um, spouses that, that are teachers is the, the, um, the ever-growing use of handheld computers, i.e. phones, uh, you know, in our society to the point where, you know, I I used to get really angry and now I, excuse me I don't even rail against it anymore cuz I just expect it when I drive up to an intersection and the light changes the person in front of me is not going to go when the light turns green if they do I'm pleasantly surprised but for the most part it's because the second their car stops rolling they pick up their phone yeah you know yeah. and at least they're not doing it while the phone while they're rolling or or if they are they're hiding it relatively well most of the time but but the second they stop rolling they pick up their phone and 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 I wanted to close the loop because I know that I, mm-hmm. it sounded like you didn't. Um, I wasn't clear on the connection about the technology. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. I just felt like the the conversation was starting to drift a little bit. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. And I don't. I, I, it, it's important. This isn't. This is important because and it and it wasn't a drift. It was intentional. Right. The it, because the technology is being forced. It is being pushed. This idea of 
uh, net zero carbon emissions, we don't have the infrastructure to support our goals globally. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist yet. Um, it doesn't. Our, our wind and solar and water is such a problem right now that hydroelectric plants uh, worldwide are 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 at partial capacity. Um, we don't have we don't have the infrastructure globally right. to to meet our goals, and yet our governments, uh, plural are imposing this new technology on a country that's not on, on countries that are not ready for them and i fear that that, that decision is uh, the, is going to be catastrophic if it's not if something is not done the the other side so that that's that's one side of technology that's the macro on the micro we have issues like what you're dealing with and, and the phones in schools, any teacher will tell you there is nothing that is hindering the education of children more than cell phones yeah yeah, well, and more and more schools are just setting cell phone policy, policy saying no phone on campus. You know, if you bring your phone out, we take it away. Um, but, they're, you know, the problem is they're getting a lot of pushback from parents because parents are like, I, I want to be able to reach my child. That's why I gave them a phone, you know. And, you know, it's one thing if, like, for instance, you know, we've got a family member who has a child who has, uh, you know, childhood diabetes. The phone is the link to monitoring his, his um, blood sugar. And if he, he needs proximity to that phone because that's how his parents and the school nurse and, and you know, family members who are looking out for him uh, are told, hey, wait a minute, his blood sugar is getting low. And, you know, if he doesn't take care of that, then he could die. So, you know, that's one thing. But most of the pe- people who have phones don't have any, any such reliance whatsoever. Yeah. What they've got. They just want to watch TikTok videos. Exactly, exactly. You know, but it's weird that you know that we get so much pushback from parents because, you know, I mean, the parents of these kids grew up for the most part without their parents knowing exactly where they were and and being able to reach out to them at any time, no matter what, and get a response. You know, I remember the first time. I mean, I'm I spent a a. a late part of my career doing some teaching. And I remember the first time I was sitting in classroom and told kids to put their phones away. And the kid says, but my dad, I'm texting with my dad. You know, it's like, I don't care. Put yeah, your phone away. Tell your dad you're, you're in class and you ha- and you can't talk, you know? Um, yes. Yes. You know, but, but that, you know, that's kind of where we're at is it's, is, you know, the, 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 when we talk about, you know, the school sort of being quote, the government and, and the parents being the people, and they're at odds on this in very in, in a lot of issues. I think that if you asked a lot of parents straight up, you know, should the kids have their phones out on them, they would say no. But when it's their kid, they well, but but my kid needs to have his phone with him, you know, because I need to reach out to him. It's 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 a, I don't know. It, it's a difficult thing socially right now that we're facing in that area. Um, you know, had you asked me. On any given day about that, I would say that the phone in general has become a negative thing for society in a lot of ways. But um, in thinking about it this morning a little bit, I felt like, you know, maybe it's not really such a negative thing. It's just a different thing and we're not used to it yet. And that we need to, um, in you know, especially when we're, we're dealing with children, do a little adulting, do a little parenting you know, be the authority, the teacher, or the the principal, and just say, hey, there's appropriate and inappropriate times to use technologies, like there's appropriate and inappropriate times to use certain language or to, you know, to be reading a book. You know, you don't pull out a book and start reading in the middle of a lecture when, a, when, when you're in school and you're supposed to be paying attention to your teacher or your parent, you know. Um, and so kids don't have the same rights as adults. Well, adults don't have you, – you can't whip out your phone during a business meeting and start, you know, watching TikTok videos. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, although maybe people do. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have say, seen people. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't had a face-to-face meeting in a while, but I know that people have, you know, in the middle of Zoom meetings have pulled out their phone and started doing things. Very often, though, it's to reference some information relevant to the meeting because they don't remember the details. And right. in, in that sense, I think it's actually a positive thing because then, you know, you don't have to stop the meeting while somebody goes and checks something. You can check it right there. So, you know, it's it's telling to me that, you know, you hear stories about how these tech executives don't allow their, their own children to, number one, have social media accounts, number two, carry around smartphones, mm-hmm. um, that they're just not allowed to have them. 
um, until they're of an age where they can they can handle them. And there's some debate about what that age is. Mm. Perhaps that age is 16. Um, it's certainly not 13. It's certainly not 12. You yeah. know, maybe it's 18 before you have a smartphone. And that now there are still flip phones around. And I know people. I can hear people groaning, flip phones. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if the if the issue is you really just need to get a hold of Junior, you can do that in a text message. You don't need to have the internet and and all of its um, offerings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> distractions. All of its distractions. Yes. Well, and know. some of them are quite quite toxic and and i can't remember if we talked about it on this show but you know the 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 ubiquitousness of uh pornography on the uh, on the web i mean it's it's yeah unbelievable and certainly you know as soon as you're 12 13 15 16 year old becomes aware of it maybe it's 10 maybe it's 8 when that your child becomes aware of it um then then it's their focus is elsewhere yeah, and it and it warps and damages their neurological development. Yeah, yeah, no, there's there's there the the natural order of of um, sort of when kids are aware of things is is sped up indiscriminately because of access to the internet, and you know whether that that has long term societal effects or not remains to be seen, but it. You know, there's a lot of people raising red flags and saying, hey, we need to do something about it. You know, I mean, it's it's an issue that is as old as is, you know, social social humanity is. And that is is, you know, the responsibility of parents to actually parent. Yes. And but I but I'm going to stop right there, because according to the the uh, American Medical Association of Psychiatry, pornography consumption is associated with decreased brain volume in, in the right striatum and decreased left striatum activation, lower functional connectivity to the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex. Porn de- damages, abs- actually damages developing brains. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't, when I was making that comment, it wasn't specifically to the porn. It was just to the access to the Internet and uh, all of the stuff that's there, that, you know, porn included. So, um, you know, and... You know the st- studies are contradicted, and 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 I'm not arguing with this one at all. I'm just saying studies are are you know done and redone and and contradicted and and, and added to all the time. We may find that things are worse. We may find things that are better over a period of time. Um, you know, it's it's. It's every time I start looking at studies, and I'm not knocking this one at all. I'm not using this as a as a specific, but it just makes me think of, you know, all the years that we went back and forth over is, you know, from, we went all the way from, from smoking is good for you and, and relaxes your lungs to it's going to kill you. And there were studies going back and forth on that for years. And of course, okay, but- a lot of that was funded obviously by the cigarette companies yeah. in order to, 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 um, to, uh, you know, obfuscate. That but, was malevolent. That wasn't a re- those weren't real studies. That was right. a malevolent action. Right. But that, that doesn't mean that that kind of action doesn't happen in, and that people who are doing studies are funded by somebody and that there are agendas in studies all the time too. So just, just like when you're watching the news, just be aware that you read and, and, and watch with a, um, uh, skeptical eye on anything. Um, and and use your common sense when you're saying, does it make sense that this kind of thing might be happening? Is this something that's new and different that hasn't happened ever before? Because that indicates that then something is going on, you know, those kinds of things. Um, you know, and that's that's an issue with 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 technology in general, right? When a new jet technology comes out, there's always people who come on and say, this new technology is terrible. It's going to cause this and this and this. And others come on and say, oh, but it's wonderful because it allows it to, allows us to do this and this and this. And, you know, they can and both, both be, simul- can be true. Exactly. They can be simultaneously correct. Um, you know, which goes back to where I was, where I kind of started, which is the technology itself isn't necessarily good or bad. It's really how we as a society end up using it and how we, um, allow access to it, you know, I mean, you know, nuclear, um, uh, power is got good and bad points to it, but we don't let everybody have access to it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a reason for that. Um, uh, it can yes, be dangerous. Because some of those people want to kill us with it. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, the um, you know, in the in some of our space probes are are powered by uh, batteries that basically work on nuclear decay, and they last for essentially ever. I mean, they have a they will eventually decay to the point where there's no power off, coming off of them anymore. But we don't use that to run our cars, our electric cars, and nobody's proposed that we use that to run our electric cars because we don't want you know decaying nuclear waste running around our freeways. Um, where things crash into each other. I mean, you know, it's just so it's it's you know, that seems like an <laughs> obvious cloud ex- on the 405 today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you look out at the sky, sometimes you think maybe there's a mushroom cloud on the 405. But, um, but you know, there's it's that's an obvious line where we can draw and say, OK, we have a technology that gives us a forever battery, essentially, but probably don't want to have that out in general use. So let's not do that. Other times the line is much fuzzier, much grayer, you know, and as to what's the good and bad use of these things. And so, um, you know, it's it's a tough call. So so there is a a company that frankly scares scares me. Um, and I, you know, again, not a Luddite. I love technology. We use it. All, I mean, obviously use mm-hmm. it all the time, all day long. Um Elon Musk's Neuralink. Have you heard about this technology? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They're actually enhancing people. Yes, and it is. It is. Um, it is terrifying. So this is essentially. Uh, it can, it's the interface between computers and your brain. Um, and so, it, if you think about all the things that can, and I'm going to focus on the negative because, like I said, it scares me. Um, you think about all the things that you can get a computer virus. You can have, you know, somebody could hack in and take over your computer. Do you want somebody doing that to your brain? I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? There are those who would argue that that uh, companies um, such as Facebook and Amazon, through the way they inter- cause you to interact with them, are already hacking your brain. Um, and so that scares me as much, you know, because it's it seems less obvious, right? Because there's no nobody sticking physical things into your brain. But the idea of sticking physical things into your brain, yeah, talk about applying technology before we're ready. Now, um, if if this and and I and I understand that the that there are medical applications. If, sure, if, cochlear implants know, have been awesome for people who are deaf. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, but, you know, specifically on, on this Neuralink, you know, some of the things that they're that, you know, that somebody who has had brain damage or mm-hmm. a, other nerve damage or, you know, something where where they need some extra support, uh, it would be great for them. Yeah. I yeah. just this is the kind of technology that was originally um, I, p- people remember Christopher Reeve, who played Superman and then was paralyzed and, and eventually passed away. Um, had talked about at one point in time, um, and there were very early stages of, of similar technologies where, you know, if, if your nerves in your spinal cord are damaged, they could basically use electronics to jump over the damaged area to then return function to his legs and allow him to be able to walk and things like that. And that kind of stuff is phenomenal and exciting. The idea of uh, interfacing with the brain in order to allow you to do like internet searches internally in your brain without actually having a device in your hand is scary. Think about what's on the internet, like you said, and how things get hacked on the internet and all the viruses that are out there. And do you really want to let that into your brain? Yes. Yeah. Now it could be if you have um, an autistic child who is nonverbal, could this give the gift of speech to that autistic child, maybe. Could it be, maybe you have another neuroproton, you know, maybe some other way that you are not neurotypical. Could this technology um, overcome some of, you know, maybe overcome d- dyslexia, overcome, mm-hmm. um, you know, some other processing issues to allow you to communicate? Um, certainly that would be, that would be phenomenal. That would be world changing for the people that it helped. Um, but it also, you know, if it if it can help you process and send data out, is there is there somebody also able to send data in? Meaning, right? You know, all the negative things that we talked about, somebody yeah. hacking your brain. And I think that we would both probably agree that the that continuing to research this kind of thing in order to do those kinds of things is an excellent application of that kind of technology. But what they're also trying to do is is like direct link brain technology to allow you to then do things like, I mean, they're testing early, but like, uh, you know, 
follow your curiosity on the I mean, let me I read directly from their website. Our devices are designed to give people the ability to communicate more easily via text or speech synthesis synthesis to follow their curiosity on the web or to express their creative create creativity through art photography or writing apps so they're talking about using the a direct brain link as a data input to replace like uh you know touchscreen or typing on a keyboard or clicking with a mouse and like you said going that way isn't too bad but if you can go that way, what makes you think they can't hack going back the other way and start putting things into your brain that you didn't want there? Right. Uh, yeah. That. That's. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. I, it, this is borderline really creepy. Um, <laughs> and yet, I I I understand the desire to study it and to do the research behind it. You know, because of all of those other applications that we talked about. Well, so I, I have to think that. Um... Elon Musk has a way of of making things that everybody said would be impossible possible. Um, you know, when Tesla was revolutionary car, when when the competition mm-hmm. when Tesla came out was, um, you yeah. know, like the Chevy Volt, where you know you you can go 147 miles on a charge. We, you know, and now you have Teslas, which are performance is excellent. They are fast. They are comfortable. They're beautiful cars, mm-hmm. and you can drive, uh, you know two, three, four times long, more miles um, than the 147, which makes it much more practical. And everybody said he couldn't do it, but he did. Yeah. Now, he's he's been excellent in all of his companies at taking technology as it currently exists and applying it to to things that we other people hadn't pulled the technology together to do. Um, and, and in the process of doing that, I'm not saying that he hasn't, uh, you know, his companies haven't um, – added to or created new technologies they you know certainly do as they solve problems but for the most part they've been really really good at synthesizing what's out there and saying well you know we've got this and this and this why don't we put those together and make this thing um that people you know this kind of wow and cool you know and he likes the wow and the cool and he does and um you know i think it's cool that somebody like that exists in the world and is out there doing those things um but again, you know, we as a society have to say, does it make sense? Because largely, you know, by making the electric car a, a more practical and obvious consumer thing, um, he has empowered those who want to force us to go to electric cars to step up and say, we're going to do it by this day. You know, I mean, right. what was it? California, the governor just signed a thing saying that by 2030, they won't sell any gas powered cars in California anymore. Yes. And so, I mean, we'll be it's able completely to completely arbitrary. Yeah, I mean, just you know, that's when we're going to do it. We're going to do it by that day, um, you know, without and, any of the infrastructure to support it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just we're we're, we're going to draw a line in the sand and say that's when you can't buy. Now, that you know what that means is that there'll be a a very um, healthy used car market for quite a while as we go through, or it'll or it'll get you know turned over between now and then. But I mean, when you think about it, that's you know that's less than a decade away. Yes, and, and 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 less than a a week after he made that declaration, we get the alert saying, "Please don't charge your electric car because the grid can't handle it." Right. And so you know, um, and they said, "Oh, well, it's only from four to nine p.m." Okay, fine. Um, and so everybody starts then charging at midnight. We're gonna. There's definitely no solar uh, solar power happening at midnight. Right. So you know, are, are you going to tell them not to do it overnight? Are you going to tell mm-hmm. them you know what happens if you work shifts? a swing shift? Yeah. Right. You know, and so it's like right. I've got to be at work. Right. You know, so it's it's uh, I, I, you know, could we all be um, driving electric cars naturally in two decades? I don't know. I don't know that it still makes sense until our grid is is able to handle it. Maybe it's like I said before, building electric and building nuclear power plants um, would would get us there because solar and wind is not going to get us there. It's just not. It's not as reliable, even in. A, a state that has, you know, a whole lot of sunshine. I mean, it's not like we're, you know, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, well, isn't the state mandate for all the new houses uh, re- requiring to be have, have solar panels on them, it, it goes into effect by that time as well, about, about 2030? Yes. So, you know, uh, there's It's still that. not going to get us there. Yeah, but, it, but, you know, it's still not super efficient, you know, and it works during the sunshine, you know. <laughs> it's, it doesn't right. work at night. So Right. 
and and so the you know if if twenty percent of the of the power for the state is renewable energy, and I think it is that think that's the correct number about twenty percent. The rest of it's coming from fossil fuels, natural gas. It's coming from uh, coal. It's coming from you know mm-hmm. oil. It's whatever. And so you know it's it's we're pushing this because we've got this pie in the sky grand idea about the impact we're going to make on the on the climate, and the numbers do not support. That this action in this state making a dent at all in climate change. Yeah. It, 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 well, it doesn't you know, that, I, I don't, I don't, you, 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 you know, you said that about the, the Norwegian farmers too. And I think that, you know, you, you can't. Dutch. Or Dutch farmers, I apologize. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I think there's some invalidity to that argument a little bit saying, well, this one doesn't make a dent because the first one never makes a dent. You have to keep going to make more of a dent. But if you keep saying, well, starting doesn't make a dent then you never start and so except that what we're talking about is blowing up the global economy um because we're not going to get it from the 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 third world is not going to participate because they can't right you know they can't they they need Mm -hmm. um they need the ability to build their economies the same way we did um because fossil fuels they don't have the infrastructure and they're not going to be able to afford that infrastructure yeah um and so and china's just not going to participate because they're china they don't have to oh, they they'll don't say want that to. they'll say they're going to participate so the rest of the world will pat them on the back right but, but then they won't actually and provide won't. you with any numbers and so <laughs> yeah and so do you blow up the world's economy um and i do mean blow up do you blow up the world's economy for 0.00125% change and i say no yeah yeah, I you know I think that you, that there's a a middle ground there where you can say we're going to start moving forward without dumping these arbitrary dates um, and 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 you know forcing people to say as of this time we're not going to do something you know drawing these lines in the sand is not beneficial but you can continue to start and it's incentivizing because what happens is very often as as we move into different uses of technology we find out that the new technology has advantages as well as disadvantages, just like the old technology has advantages and disadvantages. And we just change what our advantages and disadvantages are. Example with electric cars. I mean, we live in Southern California where there's been a big uptick in use of electric cars. And we see Teslas on the on the highways here all the time on our freeways. I mean, I, I almost can't get in my car and go driving without seeing an electric car on the road because Southern California has just got tons of them. We've got lots of light. Um, so much so that it even impacted our, our grid, right? They were saying, don't charge your electric cars. Most of the country, that's not the case. Most people are still running combustion engine cars. And in fact, electric cars are a very small percentage of the number of cars that are out there. So what happens when we're all running electric cars and now we have to deal with old batteries with toxic chemicals in them? You know, we've, we've, we've created a new problem that we don't even have right now. It's the use of these highly toxic chemicals in these battery packs that have a limited lifetime. And, yes. And they cost the, almost the entire price of a new car to replace. So, you know, it's not like you go buy a used car like you do when it's an internal combustion car and you can rebuild the engine. You don't do that. You've still got a battery pack there. You can swap out the battery pack, but that, you know, car that was $60,000 when it's new is going to cost you $30,000 to replace the battery yes. pack in it 10 years down the line or yes. seven years down the line, you know, because we've all had cell phones that don't hold their charge as well. Well, they're using the exact same technology in these cars. Yes. You know? Yes. So, you know, I mean, I've got a cell phone that's four and a half years old right now. Um, you know, it's it doesn't hold the charge that it used to hold. You know, it's got a tiny little battery. The pack in the in a car is the size of a of a kid's you know backyard swimming pool. I mean, they're large battery packs. They're heavy. They're the mo- they're the, you know the big chunk of weight in the car. And they're so. the the precious metals, the rare earth minerals that are that are harvested for these batteries and a lot of other technology mm-hmm. is done with slave labor, um, and yeah. sometimes child slave labor. Um, you can find it's not hard to find information about you know the Demo- Democratic Republic of the Congo what what's what it's done to them yeah. um, and you find countries like that that don't necessarily have our best interests at heart um, i.e. China is snapping up huge chunks of the third world and they're doing that because of those rare earth minerals mm-hmm. so then you have a national security problem 
again because we're too interdependent. Yeah. Um, uh, the F-35, so- they just stopped, halted production of F-35s because they found out that a magnet that's required for the engine was sourced with material from China. And that's against their, their pol- the government policy. Yep. And so they actually halted production of F-35s. Uh, apparently, Northrop has found an alternative source for the rare earth mineral for that magnet, and they will resume production once they've got that in line. But uh, but that's, you know, there's a reason they put that policy in place, and that's yes. a perfect example of it. You know, it's, yes. it's, it's like, well, wait a minute. What if the secondary source is, uh, you know, not from China, but owned by a Chinese con- company, which means the Chinese government, you know? Yes. Um, yes. You know? What does that mean for if they decide to cut it off and now suddenly we can't fly our jets because of a magnet in a in an engine? Yes, and but they can they can fly theirs because they record they control the source of those yeah. uh, of the rare earth minerals. Yeah, um, it's it's these are far more complex than just you know I want to do my part to save the environment and that's a noble you know your average person you know my brother is a total greenie. And, um, you know, he's got the solar panels, he drives a Tesla, he does everything to live his life with the lowest impact on the environment as possible. And that's a noble way to live your life. That is, he's doing that with the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's not as simple as that. There are far more, we, we are not where we want to be yet. And the road there is not a clear one as far as, you know, all for, because of all the reasons we've been talking about, uh, the road to get to net zero is is um, it's not, not an easy and clear yeah. one, and there will be significant consequences for pushing that too fast. I'm all for building nuclear power plants. I think nuclear we we have it's not it, we it won't be Chernobyl because right. first of all we're not the Soviet Union, um, and second of all we we learned everybody learned from things that have gone wrong, and yeah. so you know well other you know the countries, government the government just approved a a um, small nuclear power plant the first one the first new design in 50 years good. And it's it's they build the actual plant in a factory and then truck it to the location. It's small, you know, but that means that it's also much less toxic and easily much more easily managed, and, and it runs cleaner with less waste. And 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 so, you know, I'm with you. I, I think nuclear's got a great way to go. You know, so, in and, in the long run. And I so. think that that we'll get there. Um, yeah. It's the, it's the arbitrary date setting that really bothers me. Mm-hmm. And really what that about is about is, you know, I, this is my moonshot. This is my legacy. This is for the, for the, for the elected officials. I, I'm doing this. I, you know, it reminds yeah. me of Lord Farquaad in, uh, in Shrek. <laughs> Some people may die, but that is a risk that I'm willing to take. <laughs> right. Yeah. As long as I'm not one of those people, we're good. We're good. You know, exactly. Yeah. Well, I know we got to wrap it up here, but I do want to add one more thing, too. I, I mentioned Apple's event yesterday. They did mention an interesting thing as a company. And, and uh, you know, they they a few years ago demoed at one of their um, events their their robot that they built, basically a machine for disassembling uh, uh, phones in order to recycle the parts that they can. And they mentioned a statistic. They said that one ton of iPhones, uh, when recycled provides the same amount of precious metals and 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 um and some of the uh exotic materials that they have to use for batteries and stuff as 2 tons of raw material seriously cuz it's all they've all been finished they've all been refined they've they all been to... refined and so they're just re, you know pulling it extracting it back out of the the device so that they can then reuse it and and I thought that was pretty interesting and uh now they didn't try to claim that they're you know, recycling everything, but they they have really upped their recycling plans, and they use 100% recycled aluminum in their um, uh, in in most of their devices now. So, for their aluminum devices, they're they're recycling the 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 shells and things. So that's excellent. Breaking news: Apparently, the, there's concerns for the queen queen's health. They've had medical people come to Balmoral Castle where she's at. Oh. Just popped up. So she's, well, she's 97, 95, 90. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. trying to remember. Yeah, she's mid-90s, right? I mean, she is, she is a very elderly lady. So I wish her the best and hope that she remains healthy. And, uh, um, you know, they just announced that when they, the, they're, they're going through the process of getting a new um, uh, prime minister. 
and that normally she goes to the prime minister to install them and that they were going to actually travel up to where she's at at the Balmoral Castle in Scotland because they didn't want her traveling. So, um, you know, it sounds like she's she's um, um, not well at all. So, so she is 96. And, you know, I, <laughs> you said 95. I said 97. We, exactly. we surrounded her. <laughs> exactly. She's 96. And, um, you know, the, and I'm not an expert on the queen, but I, I do follow the royal family. And from what I understand, she absolutely loves Scotland. Like yeah. that is her happy place. Yeah. And so if that ends up where she where she passes, then, you know, yeah. she's in her happy place. Yeah. I remember pictures of her even just a few years ago in her 80s. Uh, they had like a Range Rover that she keeps on the property there, and that's the only place she drives herself. She gets out in that, and she goes driving out on the on the dirt roads around the castle and in the in the in the woods, um, and she just loves it there. So I think it's the one place she you know it's a big enough property where she can go out and just be a person and not yeah. have to be the queen. Yes, you know she can and take the weight of the crown off her shoulders for a few minutes. You know. Yes, um, and you know what a. What a stabilizing force over the years she has been um, and took her duties as uh, as queen incredibly seriously. I don't know that she ever wanted the role, but she she embraced it and did her mm-hmm. job and did it very well. Um, I mean, for, we point at the royal family and talk about them, but they're like any other family with, yeah. you know, they've got crazy cousins and sisters and, you know, whatever. Sure. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Um, but she has been a, a, a solid, consistent presence in yeah. the UK for, you know, 96 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, she has, um, you know, and, and there's been times when I think she's probably not made the best calls. I mean, I think that, um. You know, well, she's but human. she's, but she, yeah, exactly. She's, you know, she, she struggles as a mother and a grandmother to try to, you know, guide her family and guide the country a little bit. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, I, I wish her well and, and, and her whole family because that's a, a stressful thing. So yeah, they've got like people showing video, live video outside of Balmoral and apparently another Range Rover just went inside. They don't know who was in it. So, you know, I remember an interview a few years back, a few years, probably 20 years ago, when somebody was asking Charles about, uh, you know, it's like, are you looking forward to being king? And he paused a second and said, well, no. Yeah. Real, realize what I have to lose to be king. You know? Right. It's like, that's my mom. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think, um, I don't know that he wants to be king. I mean, yeah. beyond if the fact of, his mother passing away, which is horrific. I don't care how old she is or how old you are. Losing a mom is horrible. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but I don't know that he's, he's a pretty private person. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that he wants to be king. I mean, he'll do it because that's how he was raised and he'll do his job, sure. but I don't know that he wants it. Well, and you know, he has, um, over the years stepped up and done more and more of the, the, the specific things, you know, the, I'm trying to think of the right. I'm blanking on the word here, but the the uh, royal duties. Thank you. The royal duties covers the whole thing. But you know, there are certain um, uh, aspects of the job that are you know, at, when we do this, then we need the, the the queen there, or when we do that, and and she has passed more and more of that stuff onto him over the years as she's gotten older. So it's not. I mean, there are certain ceremonial things that that uh, that you know are only done by the 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 queen or the king. That he hasn't done, but a lot of the other stuff he's he's been doing it anyway. So um, you know that's to be expected as he's ready. So I mean his his day to day is probably not going to change a huge amount, one way or the other. But uh, you know um, you you feel for anybody who's looking at possibly losing a parent and or a grandparent, and so um, you know best wishes to them all. So so let that uh, be our final thought for today thank you for a lively conversation todd likewise yeah it was uh interesting topic so we'll be back again next week and i don't know what we're going to talk about yet we'll figure it out you'll have to <laughs> you'll have to tune in and see it may be talking we may be talking about beer no i'm just kidding. beer yeah well i haven't done my beer podcast in a while so that may be on my mind you never know football season does start today <laughs> Today and your 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 uh, Cowboys are playing tonight. Nice. So uh, Cowboys and I think Tampa Bay at Cowboys is the game tonight, if I'm not mistaken. So um, 
Anyway, we said we were going to end on the Queen, so let's do that. Best wishes to the royal family and everybody uh, involved. And we'll see you next week. Oh, I just heard thunder. We'll see you next week. All right. I can cut it at the blank. Thunder, huh? Yeah. Ooh, it's coming. You know, it's funny because they kept saying uh, today was still going to be hot and dry and that we would maybe get some rain tomorrow. And so I was going to try to get out and mow the back lawn today before it got wet. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance. Yeah, and I don't – it's not raining yet. Hang on. Let me look. Well, shoot. Then I am going to get a chance. (laughs) I was trying to not get a chance, damn it. So these these clouds are moving in fast. It's yeah. probably going to rain. I'm going to look at my uh, my iPhone. Will tell me how quickly yeah. I will be able to have rain. Yeah, I was going to say. Or how quickly we? Yeah, use we your use your pocket technology for that. Come on. So there is a well. According to it's just a matter of time. It actually shows my screen raining. There's a hundred percent chance of rain today. Wow. So, oh yeah, another thunder. I heard that one. That's so funny. I go to the Dark Sky uh, website because I'm sitting in front of a Mac and they don't have a weather app on the Mac all these years and no weather app on the Mac. Um, That's sort of like for like iPad. iPad didn't have hasn't had a weather app or a calculator. At least Mac has a calculator. You know, not that you can't download them, but they just didn't come with one, which seemed weird to me. But, uh, yeah, so I have to go to a website to see. And here it says uh, 83 and clear. And then down below it says mostly cloudy throughout the day. So I don't know that I'm going to get any rain. Although today's high is only uh, expected to be about 91. It's been over 100. Yesterday was 102. Wait, wait, wait. 91? No, see, mine it says 101 for today. Oh, well, we do live a little bit apart. Tomorrow says 93. Didn't think we were 10 degrees apart. Yeah, it says 101 in mine. For today. Well, I'm just looking at the Dark Sky website, and I will tell you, oh, wait a minute. Now it's saying, I'm, I, I refreshed the screen, so it says it'll get up to 96 around 4 p.m. here. So that makes more sense. If you're 101, then we're probably 96. I, I, could, I could buy about a 5-degree difference. Not a 10-degree difference. But not a 10-degree difference. We're not that far away from each other. Uh, or, and we don't have that much of an altitude difference. You know, It's not like I live up in the mountains or anything. So. Yep. So, Woo! More, more thunder. But I'm looking forward to the rain on Friday and Saturday. Me too. That oh, I, 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 yeah, I have not enjoyed these last few really, really hot days. So I have to um, scoot. I've got to yeah. be, um, always great to talk to you. And Alrighty. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.